JD Talking Sports, Saturday, February 19th, 2017. I was going to talk extensively about the Oscar game. Well, maybe not extensively, but I was going to talk about it tonight. And I just watched a play where Steph Curry went down on his stomach, covered his head, and stayed out of the way. And basically, it's just open shots. Isaac, sorry about that, but I really can't talk over you. Wow, it felt loud today. I mean, these stats, <laughs> the rec- there was record set tonight. And, and just the first half stats, three-point field goals, they want to combine 19 for 59. 57 assists in the first half, 41 dunks in the first half, and 110 fast break points. Out of a, the West was up 97-92 in the first half. Most combined points in a quarter and a half. 101 in the first quarter, 199 in the first half. Most points in a quarter by a team. East had 53 in the first quarter. That tied a record, I'm sorry. Most assists in a half. West had 34. Most field goals made in a half. West had 43. And most combined field goals made in a half, 83. And it's because no one's playing any defense. And Westbrook is going for his third straight all-Star Game MVP, scored 41 two years ago, 31 last year, and this year he had 19 in the first half. Look, James Oh, James only had 20. The Greek Freak had 16 on 7 of 7 shooting. Kyrie Irving had 11. I saw him score a couple already in the second half. And Isaiah Thomas had 11. That's for the East. The West, Anthony Davis in his hometown has 22 points. Westbrook, 19 points. Curry has 14, and Durant has 12. Okay, so it was 97-92 when I, at halftime, and now it is 128-122. I'm sorry, oh, with only 319 left in the third quarter. I guess they're not going to, yeah. Maybe they're not going to, they were going to, I thought one team might hit 300, I'm sorry, 200. That's what it feels like. It's not basketball. It's embarrassing to watch. Now, Hall of Fame finalists in the NBA, Chris Webber, 20 points a game. Raleigh Massimino led the 85 Nova team to the win over Georgetown, one of the best. That was a great game in Lexington, Kentucky. That was when three of the final four teams were Big East teams. Rebecca Lobo, she deserves to get in. NBA ref Hugh Evans, two-time scoring champ Tracy McGrady, eh, five-time all-star Sidney Moncrief. Sidney Moncrief was a phenomenal defensive player. Played for the Razorbacks. Baylor head coach Kim Mulkey. She deserves to get in. Kansas head coach Bill Self. I guess he's good. And Rudy Tom, Tom, Tom Jonovich, two-time NBA champ with the Rockets. I think he, you know, I think they're all pretty strong candidates. Definitely Kim Mulkey. She has been done amazing things at Baylor. And the Sixers, listen to this, for Jaleel Okafor, they're seeking a first-round pick in 2000, this year's draft for him. Feeling is that they'll have to settle for less. Now, a lot of teams think that Okafor is a solid role player. Maybe he could start, maybe come off the bench. Could be post-score, but, you know, he has limitations. I, I thought he was going to be a beast out of college. Now, Philly still sees him as the number three overall pick in the 2000, from the 2015 NBA draft. Hey, my buddy wants the Sixers to get Lonzo Ball from the from the Bruins. 
And I'll tell you, that'd be a nice one. Now, Adam Silver, he has an issue at the league's use of the minimum age requirement for the NBA, which is 19 now. He says it needs to be studied and requires a new approach in the future. I agree. New new approach in the future. Let, let, let's do it, right? Because the new CBA goes into effect July 1st, and neither side can opt out until the 2022-2023 season. And I did a little research. I wanted to check the other leagues. The Premier League, soccer, pretty big there. Minimum age is 16. Reese Oxford is a 17-year-old defender for West Ham. Pretty big. 16, minimum age. He's complaining about 19 in the NBA. Major League Baseball, 18 to play, 16 to try out for farm teams. NHL, basically 18. There's a couple guys playing this year at 18. NFL, no minimum age, but you have to be three years out of high school because they want to ensure that they are physically and mentally ready for the NFL. What's going to make it 20? Listen, I don't think I don't think they could do anything with this. You know, it is what it is. And I feel... What are you going to make it? Two years out of college? Does it really matter? There's kids who aren't going to play. You had... Think about it. Now, there, there are exceptions, but you had Garnett, Kobe, LeBron, Jermaine O'Neal. They all came out of high school. And, you know, you think about these guys. Some guys go overseas... That kid from the point guard, uh, point guard for Denver. He went to, what I think he went to China. And you think about these guys, and I think they should have a choice. I think if they want to go pro. Now Lenny Cook went pro, out of high school, and things didn't work out for him, but I think he could have been. I think it could have been a beast. I feel like everybody should be given that chance to decide for themselves. I don't think there should be an age requirement. I think it should make it back to, if kids want to come out of high school, let them try. I think that's something that should be done. Now, Brandon Jennings went overseas, and he's had a pretty good career. Not a great career, but he's had a pretty good career. I mean, not everybody's LeBron. Not everybody's Kobe. Different maturity, different makeup or whatever and some people can handle it some not but that's the choice they should be allowed and if someone wants to spend a draft pick on them they should be allowed to do it because Lonzo Ball's two brothers one who scored 100 points in a high school basketball game this year he's he's going one and done the dad said all three are going one and done the dad is daddy even said that he thinks he thinks his son is better better than Steph Curry yeah oh yeah yeah, he he said. Yeah, he said his son is better than Steph Curry. Also said he's, you know, there's a there's something missing since MJ left the NBA. He feels his son could be the next MJ. Not bad for a kid who's played 27 games, right? No, not bad at all. And Jimmer Fredette, who actually was on the Knicks D League team, he scored 73 in a Chinese League game, tenth overall pick in 2011 at a BYU, played in D-League last year, 73. Even in China, that's still a lot of points. But they said he really can't play D. I don't think he's going to get another shot in the... I don't think he's going to get another shot in the NBA.
at 73. Hey, they love him over there. And the Bills, I'm sorry, the Bulls and Celtics discussed a potential Jimmy Butler trade. I kind of like that, you know? And how about this? Kings owner Vivek Ranadive. He is waffling on his commitment to DeMarcus Cousins' open door to trade talks. Pelicans inquired about Cousins and Paul George ahead of deadline, and talks with Cousins have progressed further. How about that? That'd be a huge one. Before the All-Star game, Westbrook split off from the Western teammates and warmed up on his by himself on the other side of the court. Then I think they made up whatever, but I'm like, really? I mean, dude, are you taking this a little far? I mean, come on. Let's, uh, what's the beef? You still pissed that Durant went to the Warriors? I mean, really? Is that, is it terrible? Was it a terrible thing? I don't think so. He did what was good for him. He, it's his, it's his choice. He wanted to go somewhere new. He wanted to change the scenery. He can do whatever he wants. Guys used to, now, you know, old, old school's talking, hey, but, you know, they couldn't do that stuff. They couldn't move around as freely. I think if they would have had a chance, they would have done it. And I thought this was interesting. Calipari, Coach Calipari at Kentucky, rants about Mark Gottfried, about firing coaches midseason. Are you shitting me? What if he goes on a run? Said he was going to put in his contract, if you fire me at midseason, you have to pay me $3 million. Said every coach in the country should put it in their contract. But unfortunately, not a, not a lot of coaches have the leverage that Coach Calipari has. Now, they were under five hundred last year, didn't make the tourney. First four years, they did. Two Sweet 16s, which is big for NC State. This year, they are 14-14, and 3-12 and 12 in the ACC. They lost yesterday at home to Notre Dame. They got blown out by UNC, and that's when they said... There were rumors that he was going to be gone. Well, they're going to let him finish out the year, which is like a lame duck. I mean, guys that were that are recruited by him on the team are going, what the hell's up? And now recruits supposedly coming in because of Gottfried are going to renege or go somewhere else. Hey, you know what? They gave him six years, though. When you think about it, that's a lot of time. Hey, Bradley, Bob Bradley, Swansea City over in the Premier League got 10 games. Done. Poof. Gone. See you later. Crazy. And don't, don't get me wrong. Lonzo Ball, Ball is a beast. Averaging over 15 a game, over six rebounds, almost eight assists a game. He's going to be a good player. But the dad's got to take a chill pill. Bring it down a notch. And Willis Reed would love to have Phil Jackson coaching the team. I think we all would. We'd all like Phil Jackson coaching the team as opposed to being the president where he gives a no-trade clause contract to Carmelo Anthony. That's just me. That's what I'm saying. But what do I know? And on that note, I figured let's take it to foosball, football. Okay, now, Giants, no division won more games than the NFC East in 2016 regular season. Now, all four teams rank in the top 10 toughest schedules for 2017 season. Giants actually tied for eighth with the Jets. The opponent's winning percentage in the upcoming season is 535. Skins are number seven, 543 winning percentage of the teams are going to play next season. Cowboys and Eagles 10th at 531 winning percentage. Broncos have the hardest schedule next year, 578. Colts easiest, 424. Now, this past year, Giants tied with the Bears for the second easiest schedule. Giants went 11-5. Bears had a... I think Bears went 3-13. Opponents had a 461 win percentage. 
And the NFC East this past year, 39-24-1, a 6-17 winning percentage, best conference in the football. Now the two teams that had the toughest schedule in 2016, they had a 5-55 winning percentage of the teams that they were playing. Falcons went 11-5, the Niners went 2-14. That's a pretty big discrepancy. I've been reading stuff of what the Giants should do. If they cut JT Thomas, the linebacker, they'll save $3 million in cap space. Okay, that's good. Also, they could restructure DRC, Dominic Rogers Cromartie, give him more guaranteed money, and they could lower his $8.5 million cap hit in 2017. They need to re-sign JPP. And they're saying the left tackle they should sign is Andrew Whitworth, if he's available. If not, Russell Okung. They said sign him the ex-Seahawk. Now... He's missed two starts the past eight years, Whitworth has. He's 35. And they feel that going into the season with Eric Flowers' as left tackle isn't a good option. Also, they feel they should let Jonathan Hankins walk. Second-round pick out of the Ohio State in 2013. Number 49, if you care to know. He's. They should go after a natural three-technique defensive tackle with more pass-rushing ability that would complement, you know, Snacks Harrison, Jay Bromley, and Robert Thomas better. They feel they can get somebody, a veteran, a draft pick, anything. And also, you know, they gave up on Cruz, but there are some vets out there that could fill in nicely. Kenny Britt had over 1,000 yards last year for the Rams, and Brandon LaFell had over 800 yards for Cincinnati last year. The two combined for over 130 catches, over 1,800 yards, and 11 touchdowns. Probably give them like a two, two-year deal, five, six million a year. Kenny Britt, to me, has more talent in his pinky than most people have in the whole body, but he's done a lot of stupid stuff in the past. But he brought it together, first 1,000-yard season, and on the Rams, which were terrible this year. That's pretty good. Also, they feel the Giants should draft a tight end, which I always feel. I mean, they haven't drafted a tight end in the first round since Jeremy Shock in 2002. O.J. Howard from Bama, I love him. They, that's, they could try to get him at number 20 thing, 23 pick. I think he'll be gone. And then there's David Njoku from Miami, uh, Mike Mike Mayock has those two rated one two Howard number one and Njoku at number two. Yeah, what the hell? And also draft a defensive tackle second round if they're available. Florida's Caleb Brantley and Clemson's Carlos Walken, Watkins could be picks that they could go after. And also draft the running back in middle ground middle rounds. Because they got Paul Perkins in the fifth last year out of UCLA, and it is a deep running back pool this year to choose from. And have to pick up OBJ's fifth year option. This year he's in fourth year he's making one point eight million. One point eight million, which is ridiculous. Way below his his value. And next year would be around eight million, which would still be below market value for OBJ. I think definitely. Also extend left guard Justin Pugh and center Western Richburg who had a down year, but this is the thing. Pew, if you would lower his $8.8 million cap he has for next year, and Richburg, they'd be able to negotiate with him because he's coming off a down year, and, you know, they could just say it's a bump in the road, and then they could take it to the next level. These are all possibilities. As I said, the, and then now we have the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 eighth hardest schedule for next season with the Giants after a 5-11 season, which means they're, Royally screwed next year. Now, Josh Dobbs, Tennessee quarterback, is a possibility. 23-12 and record, 3-0 and in bowl games, and he worked under Hugh Jackson at the Senior Bowl. Also, USC offensive tackle Zach Banner is a monster. Played 400 in college. He's getting under there to play in the pros. He actually played two years of basketball at USC, which helped with his footwork. 
he could be someone to go after. And also, the Jets supposedly making a big splash on the free agent market, which it opens on March 9th at 4 p.m. A.J. Boye, Texans. Now, the reason why they might go after him is because he was an undrafted free agent that the Texans picked up in 2013. And McCagnin, who is now the GM of the Jets, was the Texans scouting director at that time. Also, Stephon Gilmore, Tremaine Johnson, and Logan Ryan now. Ryan, Boye, and Gilmore are all 26. Johnson is 27. They're probably going to get between 10 and $14 million a year. But hey, you got to replace Revis, you know? Have to replace Revis. And you have, look, listen, this is what you have. You have Bryce Petty as your quarterback. One and three as a starter last year. Surgery to his non-throwing shoulder. That means, yeah, you're screwed at that position. No left tackle. You let go of Ryan Clady. You need a left tackle. You don't have a quarterback because Revis's days are done there. And you don't have a pass rusher. Well, you have interior linemen, but you don't have an edge rusher, which you need to get to the quarterback. And you have Rich Goslin, Dallas Morning News, does a special teams analysis of all 32 NFL teams based on 22 categories. Jets 30th, only ahead of the Cardinals and Chargers this year. Led league in points allowed with 24 points allowed this season. Last year, they finished 31st. And they used a league-high 68 players this past year. They're screwed. They need to really, there's a lot of things. Now, they're not going to do all, they're not going to fix the quarterback, the left tackle, cornerback, pass rusher. Two out of four, I'd be happy with. I'd be happy with a quarterback. Just get somebody in there that can throw the ball. Now, this year's staff combined 124 years of NFL experience. Last year, 111. And in the two positions where they need to develop young talent, Jeremy Bates, the quarterback coach, has been at the NFL for four years. And outside linebacker, Kevin Green, has been out three years. And as of today, the Jets have the highest cash payroll in the league for 2017, $149.9 million dollars. That's from overcap.com, which means the Jets have to do a lot of reorganizing of players. And they don't have too much talent to deal with. They don't have too much talent on the, on the, on the field, right? Uh, in their locker room, whatever you want to call it. Right now, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess of Schmidt. All right. Now, a Hall of Fame voter, Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, didn't vote for... T.O. because he felt he dropped too many passes. He said T.O. led the NFL in drops once and finished in the top four and dropped seven other seasons during his 15-year career. Now listen to this. Over 1,078 catches, 15,934 yards, and 153 touchdowns. I don't care if he was toxic, toxic to a team. Those stats are, like, ridiculous. I mean, 15, almost 16,000 yards receiving. That's crazy. Just crazy. Now, the Mets, Matt's worked with, uh, Stephen Matt's worked with a trainer down in Tennessee, Nashville with a bunch of other players. Said, uh, hey, he said he's in better shape. He's happy how he's feeling. He wants to, he wants to dominate this year. They all do. I was going to read you some stuff about him, but it sounded like a politician, sounded like a bunch of bullshit. But David Wright did take throws for the first time since the surgery last year, and Zach Wheeler did throw off the mound. So far, I haven't heard anything back, but those are two good things. And then there's the Yankees. Chris Carter, 6'4", 245, not playing regularly, is often a problem for big players. Did you know this? Because they tend to have longer swings than smaller players. And since 2012, he's averaged 146 games. He's had 131 home runs, 328 RBIs, and 751 Ks. Now, this past year, he had 222, 41 home runs, 94 RBIs. 41 home runs led the National League. He played for the Brewers. 
And as a platoon player from the right side, he did that for the A's in 2012. He played 67 games, 16 home runs, 39 RBIs, 218 at-bats, 83 Ks. So he strikes out a lot. But hey, let's see what happens, you know? He could, he could get resurrected with the Yankees. Short porch too, right? Short porch. Home runs. Anything's possible. And Tyler Austin, listen to this. You know, he chipped a bone in his right foot at eight, diagnosed with cancer in high school, fractured a hand in his fourth pro at bat when he was hit by a pitch. And he is out the first six weeks of spring training, which is pretty much the whole spring training, after hitting a ball off his foot, fracturing his foot. But it's still early, right? Now... We talked about Dellen Batances losing his arbitration hearing. Well, union chief Tony Clark called Yankees president Randy Levine's comments on Batances unprecedented and unprofessional. Now, Yankees won the case. You need to shut up and stop being a gloating asshole. Really. I mean, you won the case, and then he said he was doing I mean, they have done this forever. The Yankees have dissed their own forever. Jorge Posada, they decided to drop in the order in uh, 2011, went to the front office and complained, and he basically was a bench player until he had a big RBI game in August. So it was from May to August, he was in the doghouse, and that was it. Jeter, during his contract negotiations in 2010, they played hardball with him until the entire offseason, agreed before Xmas, and aired the dirty laundry in the Daily News, the Post, and Jeter didn't, didn't like that, and this is your, this is your main guy, you know? Now Gardner, hey, they gave him a contract extension, but hey, every offseason he's in trade rumors. And then they paid Jacoby Ellsbury $153 million, 100 more than Gardner, and they basically have the same stats. That would piss me off, right? That would piss you off. Andy Pettit, 2003, they decided to focus on locking up Gary Sheffield instead of him when Andy Pettit was beyond solid as a pitcher. Robinson Cano, they let walk that one, I agree with. 10 years, 240, way too much. But Rob Refsnyder, Stringing him along when he doesn't have a set role or on the roster. Phil Hughes and uh, Jabba shuffled from bullpen to rotation. Adam Warren traded to the Cubs in 2015. Now he's back with the Yankees. Hey, Batances has two more years of arbitration. We'll see. You know, he was even talking about limiting, limiting his uh, pitch count. He was really pissed. But I don't know. And they just signed Jonathan Neese. To a minor league deal, went eight and seven with a five fifty ERA last year for Pittsburgh and, and the Mets. Said he's an extra arm in cap, camp. You know, he could, outside chance to make rotation. But man, Batances, you got you got to treat him a little bit more. You got to treat him a little bit better, right? Don't treat him like don't treat him like shit. Don't do that. Clayton Kershaw, seventh straight opening day star for the Dodgers. How about that? And Eric Hosmer and the Royals discussing contract extension. If it's not. If a deal's not struck by opening day, he will test the free agent market. Last year, 266, 25 home runs, 104 RBIs. Lock his ass up. And I watched a fight last night. Adrian Broner, who I always, I don't know, I just, more hype than, more talk than, yeah, yeah, more talk than show. I felt, I felt, uh, well, he beat Adrian Granados, who kept coming at him, improved to 33-2. and Granados fell to 18-5-2. The fight was in, uh, Bronner's hometown of Cincinnati. First fight in 15 months. He had some jail time. He had some legal problems and all that stuff. Welterweight about one in the split decision. I don't know. You know, I every time I want to be amazed by him, and I haven't been amazed by him in a long time. I thought uh, Granados kept coming in 
His face was beat up, though. And I thought today was the Daytona 500. I'm like, I'm getting my days confused up. Well, Chase Elliott, second in a row, wins the pole. He'll be joined on the front row by Dale Jr., which is cool because after all the concussion stuff, it's nice to see that he's back in the game. And congrats to Dustin Johnson. Uh, shot a 17-under, wins by five strokes at the Genesis Open. New number one over Jason Day. He supplants him with the win today. He's married to Gretzky's daughter, too. And I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Marina Alex. She finished tied for seventh at the Australian Open. She has finished in the money, tied for 13th last week's LPGA tournament, tied for seventh this week, over 50000 in prize money. I know it's kind of ridiculous. Tied for seventh in the men's... PGA Tour would be a lot more money. That's the way it is, man. But congrats. She's playing good golf. My mom used to play tennis with her mom, and I've been rooting for her ever since. Exciting times. Exciting. Exciting times. Yes. It, it, it is. It, it is exciting times, you know? That's where your ice cream comes from. You know what? Every time I put this song on, it does something kooky. Sorry about that, folks. All right. Last show. Russell Westbrook hasn't had triple doubles against three teams. And the question was, who were the three teams? Can you name them? Well, they were the Spurs, Bulls, and Hornets. And tonight's question is, what team won the Super Bowl without kicking an extra point? What team won the Super Bowl without kicking an extra point? Folks, I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great night.